This is Matt Bieber from the Department of Health. In just a moment, I'll introduce uh, Dr. Collins for her presentation about New Mexico's vaccine distribution effort. Uh, she'll offer her presentation, then we'll do Q&A and um, we'll hear directly from Dr. Collins. Thank you, Matt. Good afternoon. I'd like to provide an update on COVID-19 vaccine distribution. As of December 27th, we have ordered and had delivered to New Mexico 49,625 doses of the vaccine. And we have administered 41,075 doses or 83% in locations around the state, both rural and urban. Now there have been questions about how do I find out when I'm gonna be eligible or ready to receive my vaccine? We have a vaccine registration website, cvvaccine.nmhealth.org. To date, 160,000 New Mexicans have registered and that's within an eight day timeframe. We encourage all New Mexicans to please register. When you register, you will receive a notification when vaccine is available at nearby locations. You'll also, if you've already registered, receive notifications to update your profile and that update will include information like chronic health conditions and other information that will be useful for getting you access to the vaccine. So we encourage all New Mexicans, please register. And we're very excited to move forward with this phase of the vaccine. And we can stop sharing now and I will take questions. All right, so if members of the press corps would raise their hands, I will get to as many of you as I can. Um, and I'm gonna start with Julia Goldberg of the Santa Fe Reporter. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Secretary Collins. Um, Dr. Collins, I had the Washington Post over the holidays had a very specific tracker for New Mexico's vaccination distribution that laid out um, how many teachers were getting it, um, percentage of homeless, incarcerated, information I've never seen. And I put a request into the state to find out where this data was coming from and no one responded to me. And then the Washington Post removed it <laughs> from, from the story. And so I'm just not sure if that information is available yet, if there's more information at this point about um, the priority for vaccination or where that information came from. Similarly, they are still stating that we're slated to receive 120,000 doses. And I'm also not sure where that information is coming from or if any of that's accurate. So I wanted to A, see if there was an update on prioritizing for the vaccine and B, find out if you had any um, information on that 120,000 doses. So as far as prioritizing, we are actively planning and we should have more information very soon as to the next phase. We're still in phase 1A currently. As to the information that you um, were made aware of, uh, that is, I can't confirm that. That seems like erroneous information, but I will say that we are definitely planning on our next phases and how to roll that out. Next, I'm gonna go to Jamie Seymour. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to check as far as the pre-registration website goes, when it's open to the general public, I mean, will this be something like it's holding their place in line after it gets through the essential workers? So you will register, you'll pre-register, and yes, when you, it becomes available to you, you'll receive a code notifying you of where to go. So it is like a holding place for you to in, in line, but actually in keeping in mind that as we plan prioritization and sub-prioritization, we'll be able to provide more information to those who pre-register directly on the site. 
Thank you, Secretary. I'm going to move to Brandon Evans. I had a couple of questions, but I wanted to just try to see if I could jump right into, you said you're, you don't have a plan for phase two yet as far as who would be the next round to get it. You said you're working on that plan. Can you at least talk about the categories, the factors that go into establishing this plan as in the groups you're thinking most about getting it next as in police officers, teachers. Um, can you at least talk about the things that go into putting people in categories? Because you said this holds you, registering online holds your place in line, but if the criteria to establish who goes to the front of the line hasn't been established yet, someone theoretically could register tomorrow and still get it before someone who registered two weeks ago. So what we're doing is we know we're in phase 1A and we're still in phase 1A. The planning is looking at the frontline essential workers and the older adults, but understanding how we sub-prioritize within the next groups, which 1B and 1C. And I wanna have um, very clear information for you once we've gone through our meetings and planning, which we'll have that information very soon. I'm gonna to turn to Tessa Mentis next. Thank you, Matt. Hello, uh, Dr. Collins, uh, Tessa Mentis with KOB4. Uh, Dr. Collins, we've had a few elderly New Mexicans contact us who do not live in long-term care facilities or nursing homes, wondering where they would fall on the priority line to get vaccinated. And I know you've touched a little bit on still working out who is gonna be in those next phases coming up. But if you could touch on where just regular new elderly New Mexicans are falling at this point, if you can give us any information there. Um, and then I'm gonna go ahead and throw this one out as well. There have been a lot of reports nationwide about frontline healthcare workers getting their first dose of the vaccine, and then they test positive for COVID maybe a, a few days or a week later. Can you clarify people can still get COVID while they're waiting in between that first and, and second dose and, and therefore still get COVID even after the second dose? I appreciate answers to both of those questions. Sure. Regarding the elderly, when you look at the um, ACIP, the Advisory Council on Immunization Practices, and their recommendations, they recommend for the next phase 75 years of age or older. And what we're trying to sort out in New Mexico with the planning is to what we decide would be the best approach. So that's part of the planning that's ongoing right now is that phase 1A are the healthcare workers and then 1B, frontline essential workers and older adults, and then 1C, chronic conditions, and then other. But we're still going through and ironing out the sub-prioritization within those groups so that we have clear information to give to the public. So as far as the vaccine and um, your risk for COVID, when you receive your primer or your first dose, within about 10 days, you have probably a 25% reduction and actually having the disease, COVID, but doesn't mean it's 100%. And then after your second dose, you have more than 90% protection against having the infection. So yes, someone could receive their first dose and then they could still have an infection. Thank you, Secretary. I'm gonna to turn to Dan McKay of the Albuquerque Journal next. Hi, Madam Secretary. Thank you for taking our questions. I'm Dan McKay with the Albuquerque Journal. I, I have two questions. Um, could you address the pace of, um, could you add some context to the to the 40,000 doses that have been administered? Um, is that, 
about what you had expected? Are you happy with the pace of, of getting these doses in people's arms so far? And then the second question is, um, dealing with these allocations, do, do you have any discretion over how to allocate the doses you already have, or are they going entirely to healthcare organizations, long-term long -term care facilities in the three Pueblos, um, or, or can you, or are you sending them to anyone else? Uh, those are my two questions and I'll mute now, thank you. Okay, thank you. So please keep in mind this um, vaccine distribution for this pandemic, it's really a complex logistical operation. And so we are ramping up currently. And so I would say that I am positive in the direction we're going. And I hope to see us continue to move along in this direction moving forward to get everyone in New Mexico vaccinated. Um, regarding the discretion, really plans were underway and it's largely driven by what our planning and working with the, the federal government as to allocations and they've gone statewide. Thank you, Secretary. Next, we'll go to Susan Montoya of the AP. Good afternoon, Secretary. Uh, thanks for taking our questions today. And as Matt said, I'm with the Associated Press here in town. And I'm going to piggyback on uh, Dan's question regarding PACE. As far as that goes, can you tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that the state has found in the first phase of distribution and what you all are doing to try and tackle some of those challenges? Well, I appreciate the question. And the challenge initially was making sure we could get people registered. And we've surpassed that challenge with our vaccine registration site. I think moving forward, it's making sure that we have clear communication with the public um, and that we're reaching everyone right now in phase 1A and then moving, as I promised very soon, to information on 1B. So I think the challenges we've had really have been around making sure we can get everyone registered and we have actually accomplished surpassing that challenge. Thank you, Secretary. Next, we'll turn to Jackie Kent. Hi, thank you. I'm Jackie Kent with KRQE. Wanting to know if there is ever going to be a schedule sent out for how often the state could be getting more doses of the vaccine and how many in each of those shipments. Thank you. Sure. So what we will be providing is information on doses received and doses administered. And moving forward, as much information as we can provide that is accurate, we will share with the public, but that's our, those are our plans at this point. Thank you, Secretary. Uh, next, we'll turn to Jeffrey Plant. Jeffrey Plant, Silver City Daily Press. Thanks for taking this question. Can you talk a little bit about how uh, folks with allergies might be prioritized in this, or if uh, people with allergies, if that, if that condition will affect uh, folks' ability to get the vaccine or put them further back in line, that sort of thing. Thank you. Yeah, having an allergy will not place you um, in a different location in the line as far as putting you further back in the line. And it's really a matter of your chronic conditions as we move towards the planning and getting those documents out uh, moving forward for the next phases. So um, having allergies where you're taking Claritin or an, uh, an antihistamine is not a problem for receiving the vaccines. Thank you, Secretary. Next, we'll turn to Courtney Allen. This is Courtney Allen with KRQE. Hopefully you can speak to this. It's a multi-part question. What should New Mexicans know about the new strain of COVID in neighboring Colorado and now California? Will the current vaccines protect against this strain? And if so, are local health officials concerned that that strain 
could make its way to our state before before widespread distribution of the vaccine happened. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So um, definitely there's a strain, a new strain, and what we're doing is watching it closely. Um, the positive thing is that even though it's a variant, it has the spikes that the current vaccines target for energizing your immune system. So we're hopeful that our current vaccine will suffice, but we have to keep our eye on this. And so basically it's a matter of watching and identifying the strains and understanding how these vaccines can target that variant. Thank you, Secretary. Next we'll turn to Algernon Damasa. Thank you. Uh, this is uh, Algernon Damasa with the Las Cruces Sun News. I just have a, a question about the logistical operation with the Pfizer vaccine, which has to be stored at, uh, at, at kept at very cold temperatures. And so not all sites are equipped to store it. Are you able to distribute that vaccine widely across the state so that as people um, become eligible for it, they won't have to travel long distances to say, uh, you know, a large hospital? Have you, have you got that sort of, uh, the, that supply route, that distribution route worked out? Um, or will some people have to maybe travel to get that particular vaccine? Thanks. So we have really worked hard to distribute freezers and provide access to the vaccines throughout the state. Um, there are some people who will still have to travel, but we have really worked hard to ensure that as many folks as possible have access to the Pfizer vaccine. Thank you, Secretary. Next, we're gonna to turn to Lily Martin. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, Lily Martin, Eastern New Mexico News. Uh, so far, we've received information about the Moderna vaccine distribution for long-term care facilities in metropolitan areas like Albuquerque and Las Cruces. What is the status for those vaccines in rural counties like Roosevelt and Curry? So our focus right now is to make sure that Moderna has gone out to long-term care facilities. And then moving forward, we'll evaluate if we need to push it out to other areas, but we have reached statewide. So I'm not sure I'm clear on your question. Oh, I apologize. Um, we cover Roosevelt and Curry County. And as of yesterday, um, pharmacies in the area hadn't received Moderna vaccines for the long-term care facilities. So we weren't sure if they had been distributed statewide yet. Yes, it's, it's a good question. Definitely we've gone statewide. Now, some of the um, pharmacies are wanting to make sure they're planning appropriately and that they can receive vaccine and get it distributed. So there could be a delay for a specific pharmacy in a given area. Thank you, Secretary. Um, next, Tessa Mentis. Thank you again, Tessa Mentis with KOB4. It's kind of uh, safe to assume that we would be talking about the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, getting approval here within the next few weeks. Um, at that point, Secretary Collins, we would hypothetically have three versions of a vaccine. And there has been some discussion about the different ingredients in vaccines. Um, will New Mexicans be able to choose which vaccine they get? If they have issues with uh, AstraZeneca's version, could they opt out of that and request Moderna or Pfizer, for example? Have you all had any plans uh, for that? Thank you. Yes, thank you. As more vaccines become available, we will have um, information that allows people to decide, you know, which vaccine they want. But right now it's a supply demand. 
and we have Pfizer and Moderna. And so that's what we're using currently. By the time we're able to let people choose, we're probably looking at um, a little bit into February, March of next year. Thank you, Secretary. Next, I'll turn to Brandon Evans. Hey, this is Brandon Evans with KOAT. Uh, thanks for taking the time to, to do a second round of questions. So if we don't know a lot about the 2A group and we don't know a lot about the vaccine's effectiveness on the variant yet, can you at least maybe give us an idea about a timeline for when the 2A might start? Uh, as, as in you said, February, when people could start choosing, does that mean 2A could start mid-January and then to be mid-February, is there a timeline at least established that's rough to let us know in what uh, increments, what segments these will be rolling out? So Brandon, thank you for your question. I'm not aware of a 2A. Are you referring to 1A, 1B, 1C, and then phase two? Phase two is what I'm referring to, correct. Okay, so at this point, we're hoping to move through phase 1A into January and then to look at 1B. And then for that January um, and the end of January, February 1C. So we're probably looking at um, that phase two after that time. And so really it's a matter of the doses we receive and getting them pushed out and then making sure we've covered a, a given group before we move to the next group. Thank you, Secretary. I'm gonna to return to Julia Goldberg from the Santa Fe Reporter. Uh, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Dr. Collins. Uh, sorry I didn't ask this to begin with. Um, and now I can't find it on the site, so hopefully I won't bungle it up. But it's my understanding that businesses can also register their employees for the on the vaccine registration site. I can't find the link to it, um, but I was told by a business owner that they were in the process of doing that. I was curious if you could provide some more information about is the state possibly going to allow um, businesses to have the vaccinations happen at the businesses or what sort of the planning is around that. Thank you. Well, really, and thank you. That's really for planning as to how to get vaccine to a given person. So an employer or business could use a code and register their group, but they still have to fall in line with a given phase. And it's so, and they still have to go to a site to receive the vaccine. So they would, you wouldn't, you would not have then the health department going to businesses and providing the, vac the vaccine to an entire business. It would be it would still be about individual line where you were as an individual. Exactly. Okay, thank you so much. Sure. All right, moving back to Jackie Kent. Jackie Kent with KRQE. Wanted to circle back real quick um, to the pre-registration site and ask why specifically ask people about where they work? Is it because as you know, we get into those next phases and maybe essential workers are the next to get the vaccine that you might be able to take those people off the pre-registration list and how would that affect um, the wait list and people's you know, ranking on the site? Thank you. Thank you. So we're gathering information that yes, will help us make sure we're putting someone in the right phase um, and the pre-registration and getting the information in is just a piece of the information we're using to make sure we're placing someone in the correct phase. All right, and I'm, I see some questions in the chat that I wanna make sure get covered as well, Secretary, so I'm gonna ask one of them. The Department of Health just released a press statement pointing out the improving positivity rates in New Mexico. What type and rate of change does, does the Department of Health expect following recent holiday travel? We'll have to wait and see what happens in the next two to three weeks with the impact of the travel on positivity rates. 
Thank you, Secretary. I'm going to do one more, maybe two more from the chat. One is from Arlette Villa from KFAX CBS4 asking, uh, do you have any idea of when school districts will begin receiving for vac vaccines for their staff? I know you've covered the general trajectory of the rollout, but perhaps uh, discuss that more specifically. Yes, um, as we move forward and into January, we'll be able to lay out the plan, the timeline for additional groups and we'll have more information. Thank you, Secretary. I'm still seeing a couple of hands in the participants area. So we'll return to Brandon Evans. Yes, with so much unknown right now, I was wanting to maybe really give you a chance to talk about all of the frontline workers and what, what they've done as we end 2020, especially the nurses and the people who have, have literally been beside these COVID patients, uh, you know, when they pass away and, and just what that's meant to every single New Mexican here. Yes, and I appreciate that. Um, just a, a debt of gratitude to healthcare personnel, nurses, respiratory therapists, housekeeping physicians, that they have really um, worked really hard, long hours and endured um, uncomfortable situations, just helping patients navigate the impact of COVID and the impact on them personally to be in that situation. So I'm very grateful for um, our frontline workers, our essential workers, and we just need to hang on. We have the vaccines that are here, more to come. And if we could just hang on for the next six months, I'm hoping and, and very, I'm very hopeful that we're gonna six see months. another positive aspect in the state and in the country where people are looking at hugging each other again and spending time with family, enjoying holidays. So there's a bright light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you, Secretary. I think we're getting down here toward the end. Um, I did wanna offer one quick clarification on a question that came up earlier, just to really um, emphasize that when folks register for the vaccine registration website, uh, this is not a matter of standing in line, first come, first served. It's very much a matter of getting everybody registered or as many as we can so that the system can roll out vaccine scheduling opportunities to people in the order of the phase they, they're a part of. Um, so just wanted to make that clarification. Uh, and if, with that, Secretary, uh, would you like to offer any closing remarks? Well, I appreciate everyone's time and thank you so much. And I look forward to having more information moving forward.